you're like so gay. Hey, all you sexual deviants. And you sexual deviant wannabes. What's up? I was about to say, it's like, oh, we're doing a, an ASMR version a of this ASMR. podcast today. Yes. Some ASMR. I was, I was going to make a joke about that. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> What's up? My name is Aaron. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. I'm 25. I live in LA. I work in TV. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm 26. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I live in New York, and I have sold my soul to the law school demon. That sucks. Elle Woods herself. I'm going to make that joke every time you're talking about law school. Oh, my God. Um, Dude, I mean, I think I've probably said this before, but, like, everyone has – I think a lot of people have seen those Im- images or whatever you want to call them where they're, like, Elle Woods had a 4.0 from, like, UCLA in a business degree and, like, all these other extracurriculars that she was excelling at. And she got like a literal impot, like a, it's like the 99.9th percentile on the LSAT. Literally any law school would take her, you know? We love so, fiction I films. Only, <laughs> yeah, I only wish I were as smart as Elle Woods. Well, welcome back to Queering the Air, everybody. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where we uh, highlight different queer stories. And so this week we brought on another straight guest. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But we didn't um, listen to their story because we don't care. Well, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Matt, what's your first bullet point on this outline? <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. Um, I do want to make a quick update. Sorry, I'll, I'll to... resegue that. Matt, what have you been up to this evening? <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, I do need to update actually um, something at the very, very end of the podcast. Um, since we recorded, I've done something a lot gayer that I want to say. Um, and I bought Chromatica Oreos. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just put it out there. Um, so that's the new gayest thing that <laughs> so I so brave of you week. to share. <laughs> Thank you. It's taken a lot of courage, but um, I didn't want to wait until the next episode because honestly, I was probably gonna forget. Um, yeah. So taste test happened. They're like fine. They kind of just taste like vanilla Oreos. Um, mm. I would prefer that I bought double stuff, but that's just me. <laughs> mm. Okay. Anyways, anyway, so that's the gayest thing I did this week. Um, gayest thing yeah. I did this week was literally throw my back out because I'm 96. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's definitely Period. not. It's not even close to the first time, is it? No, 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 no. This is an ongoing problem. Thank you, diving. Mm. Which is how Matt and I met, if you're new here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, what's your, what's your song of the week this week? Um, my song of the week is actually a little bit... I don't know why I'm, like, qualifying this with, like... It's a little, like, sad emo, because it's, like... That's just, like, standard. But um, my song of the week actually is... Uh, it's called outbound by the story so far it's actually a cover of a song by the band transit they um were part of a compilation that put out covers of their songs when the lead i think he was the lead singer um died in 2019 so it's like acoustic Mm -hmm. kind of somber and it's been like calming me down a lot i've had um a really crazy psycho busy week and that song is like puts me in like 
at peace. So that's my song of the week. Um, what about you, Aaron? What's your song of the week? My song of the week this week is going to be Lemonade by Sophie, which is an old, old song. I guess it's not that old. No, it's pretty old. It's like seven years old, I think. But um, Practically Stone Age. I know. Crazy. But... Yeah, uh, we just wanted to take a second. <laughs> this is a great segue. Just wanted to take yeah. a second to um, highlight Sophie, who is a trans uh, music music producer and artist and phenomenon. And if you're not familiar with who she is, that isn't really surprising. I feel like she didn't really get all the the glory that she deserved. But also, like you definitely have heard her music. Probably she produced like a bunch of music for Nicki Minaj and Charlie XCX and Kim Petras and Madonna. So she uh, was kind of like a, a pioneer of like digital music. So uh, yeah. And a queer icon. Yeah. So yeah, I remember seeing a lot of tweets. I wasn't really familiar with Sophie um, before she passed, unfortunately, but I remember seeing a lot of tweets and things on social media about trans people saying how, you know, Sophie's, the music that she made and like the shows that she um put on um felt really were like really important to them and how her transness um really did a lot for them and through her art they felt um really seen um so it is definitely a huge loss for the trans community and for you know, for all of us music. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So in the spirit of supporting trans people, um, which we always need to be doing, of course, um, we wanted to highlight a, an organization this week. We're, um, giving a big shout out to black trans femme, black trans femmes in the arts. Um, they are an organization that creates and space for, um, black trans art and culture um, and they do a lot of community building as well uh, we're going to post their link tree in the description of this episode it's got resources it's got funds that you can donate to so on what are we note, talking about in this episode today <laughs> matthew um i don't know me yeah so this week we are joined by brooke Michio, who is a vlogger, she's a podcaster, she is a University of Georgia alum, she is living in New York City. She says all of this in the episode, so I'll just let her speak for herself. So Brooke (laughs) has a... (laughs) Fuck off. Um, So Brooke is a full-time creator, influencer. She has a very, very awesome podcast with her very good friend, Danielle. It's called Gals on the Go. I was actually on it like six seven months ago like the first week that we had started our podcast uh so it was before i had my podcast written them down for sure but we thought that it would be great to have brooke on and you know put her interviewing chops to the test today (laughs) yeah and it was i think she killed it i think she did too i think she she asked good questions got me thinking about me uh about things i didn't think about before so it was a good time it gave me a lot to think about after the episode, I'll say that much. But um, I'm pretty excited for you guys to hear it. I think it's 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 things I've thought about before and talked about to a degree before, but I think I really flushed things out a lot more than I ever have before about myself. So um, 
I hope you guys enjoy. Um, and if you can relate to it in any way, um, of any of the things I say, I'd love, love to hear your takes on it or hear your experiences if they're similar. So, you know, shoot me a message. Let me know what you think. If you can relate, um, you are fucking trailing girl. You are going in circles. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) It's been a long week. I can tell, but yeah. uh, I'm also it's curious, like that Matt. Fucking, uh, it's like that news clip. I don't know if you see it. It's like a fire broke out in the Bronx that killed four people when they died from a fire that was today in the, the Bronx, killing four people. <laughs> yeah, literally. That, that's that, a, that's that, me. That was that. That was that just now. Fuck. Um, so hit me in the DMs. If you, if you relate to anything that you said, then you can just uh, let me know in my DMs <laughs> if anything that I said was relatable to you because I just opened up a lot and it was Shut relatable up! to me. <laughs> All right, well. And on I think that we, note. Yeah, on that note, let's get into a little bit more of a substantive conversation. One other thing that I wanted to highlight was this feature on Anchor FM if you have been enjoying the podcast and love it and like love the podcast and like love what we're doing, if you head over to anchor FM, there's a way for you to um, kind of like pledge an amount each month. If you want to basically send us a few dollars each month for the hours of entertainment that you're getting, um, you can do as little as a dollar. You can do up to however much you want to do. But you know, I had the realization where I was like, come on, people are paying like, $20 $20 a month for OnlyFans. Like, if you have $5 to spare for five hours of podcasting, we would appreciate it. No pressure. Mm-hmm. No. Because you also for could sure. donate to, like, the black trans femmes in the arts instead. So, <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, one last thing before we go. If for anyone who prays or, like, puts good vibes and energy out there, one of our really faithful listeners who I talk to a lot about the podcast I'm really appreciative of... His name is Michael. He is having some health issues right now. Um, Again, I don't want to break his confidentiality, so I'll leave it at that. But, you know, if you pray, if you whatever, we'd really appreciate some good vibes going out in the world for Michael. On that note. Let's get into this episode. (laughs) Yeah. everyone hi brooke hi how are you guys great i'm excited for today (laughs) the weight is off my shoulders and we're throwing it on to matthew (laughs) oh god i'm excited (laughs) gonna have a good chat yeah i know i should have had like three drinks before this just to get my like get in touch with my emotions and my feelings so but come on we all know you're an emo queen okay there's a difference between being like a scene queen and like, oh, I'm in touch with my emotions. Let me talk about my deep, darkest secrets. Like, hell yeah, I will talk about the like emo sad music all day. But when it comes to me, mm. let's take a deep breath. So do you think that the reason that you listen to screamo music is because it doles out your emotions? No, actually, it to- it definitely enhances them. Like really? I am genuine. Yeah, I am like genuinely so much happier when I'm listening to like really intense music it just like it's it's 
it amps you up and gets you excited. And when I listen to them, I get goosebumps sometimes. I'm like, ooh, this Cannot is really. so good. <laughs> so like what, like Metallica and that stuff? or like... No, more like newer stuff. Okay. Um, I only know of like, I think Screamo. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I Metallica. Know, I know nothing either. <laughs> I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> well apparently there's this one there's this one band called bring me the horizon apparently they're mm. like blowing up on tiktok for some reason right now mm. apparently like one of their songs i think has gotten like over 100 million new streams in the last like month or something like that i mean i'm probably just making numbers up but i don't know where i don't yeah i'm not on tiktok so i don't know but oh, it's not too late i think you should definitely still <laughs> i <laughs> As as a student who needs to like focus, who's already okay, addicted okay. to Twitter, I, mm. if I were to get on TikTok, it would be like the end of my GPA. Okay, but it it's interesting because you said so much about law school before we started this chat, and the people that I love to follow on TikTok, I follow like two of them that I religiously follow that are law students, and they show their like routines and like <gasps> favorite products. I am obsessed. Like I want to go to law school. Really? Now. Like, no, you, too. Yeah, yes. You really fucking don't. <laughs> No, seriously, they show like, I mean, not that they're glorifying it because they definitely show like the hard days and everything too. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, I have like anxiety, stress, like whatever. I'm, I can't even imagine. But it's, it feels like rewarding to watch their progress almost. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're like, I studied for a test. I'm like, oh, I studied. Like, I feel like, does this make sense? Like, I get the satisfaction for them. Yeah, I would, I would say enjoy that and don't actually go for it because usually, like, I don't have tests. (laughs) during the semester i just have one final and that's my entire grade <gasps> no yeah oh my gosh so it's it's a little stressed so you have like no idea how you're doing the whole semester and then all of a sudden it's like all right good luck hope you pass <laughs> and if you're having a bad day it's like r.i.p like it's done y- yeah yep that no papers seem... is it pretty like writing heavy not really um certain finals are like i had two that were all multiple choice um but I mean, they do like teach you how to write. There is like a legal writing class, and mm. it, if you do like certain things and like externships or certain like extracurriculars or like internships, like you're gonna be writing. That's part mm. of it. But like day to day, yeah, I don't write. You see, I want to see this law school content. Like, I want to see day in my life like law school from home. Like, this is like what I need. Like... <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you a little. I'll give you the breakdown of my like nine to noon. Um, I wake up at my alarm that's usually set like an hour for class so I can try to have time to shower and eat breakfast. Um, I'll get end up getting out of bed about seven minutes before class starts, so <laughs> 53 minutes later. Um, I'll scramble to make something, won't shower, and will I've turned my camera on while my toothbrush is still in my mouth or turned Zoom on while my <laughs> toothbrush is still in my mouth. Um, sit there, take notes. Most of the time say, I don't know what we're talking about. Text my friends, I don't know what we're talking about. They <laughs> respond, I also don't know what we're talking about. And then there you go, after the girls in the half, group chat, I... TikTok. Yeah, they're probably <laughs> that's a trend, Matt. You like you like put up the little emojis of like your group chat. I love those. Yeah, yeah. they're really funny. There you go. I oh, see this. For you. I do the that. problem is these people then they brand themselves as like their whole identity is a law student, and then like what's next? You mm, know, like yeah. I'm just like always thinking one step ahead. No woods, but I guess mm. you're in. Yeah, but I guess you're in law school for like a a minute though. So I guess they have like that. Yeah. How how many years is it again? Three. (laughs) Yeah. Dang. Well, I commend you. It is tough work. These girls out here are showing that it is. So. Aaron, I think I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to teach me how to make that girls in the group chat. Um, I'm bad at TikTok. 
I got it. Oh, shoot, I, my right, goal really is to, to actually like get better at TikTok in February. That was like one of the intentions that I set. I was like, maybe I'll try to post one a day. Do you do it month by month? Well, are you like a monthly person like that? Yeah. No, not usually. <laughs> yes, but he I, is. yes, you are. Am I? Have you ever looked at your Spotify? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> is it broken down by month? <laughs> I make a new playlist every uh-huh. month. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, because then it's like I listen to the ones that I like a lot. So it's like I'll get sick of them by the end of the month and then I'm on to new music. It's mm. great. Um, but really quickly, Brooke, let's jump back. And I would love to <laughs> have you introduce yourself really quickly for everybody listening. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm me. Uh, I'm 23 years old. I live in New York City. I'm an Aries. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What does I, that mean? <laughs> does that so, mean? Much, so much. So much. <laughs> no, it does. I, I have like astrology, like books up here on my shelf. Oh my like gosh. I really. W- oh I'm, my god. <laughs> that was like one of my things I really wanted to get into too, and like be able to. I'm still not there, but I want to be able to like someone tell me what their birthday is and me like internalize that and like under. I just feel like it's a cool like almost party trick to be like, mm. oh, I know more about you than you know about yourself. Like yeah. So what? What's my sign? <laughs> When's, when's your birthday? Oh, I thought you were being like, I just want to know what people's signs are based off like. No, 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 are. no. You have to ask their birthday. Oh. Like, no. <laughs> oh, okay. She's like, my, I am Raven <laughs> and my gift is astrology. Yeah. <laughs> That's so brilliant. Yeah, no, I can see into your soul. No, no, no. <sighs> That's like the next level. Anyways, but um, I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's next month. It's not, I'm not an astrology influencer, but I am an, an I hate the word influencer, but I am an influencer. Uh, I have a podcast of my own, Gals on the Go, with my friend Danielle. And, um, I make YouTube videos, do all the things. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. <laughs> Yay. You went to school in Georgia. I did. Oh, I didn't say I'm originally from Long Island, New York. So we're all New Yorkers, yes. actually. Mm-hmm. Wow. All like suburban New Yorkers, too. True. Aaron's like bumblefuck New Yorker, though. No offense. Yeah. What if I but, What if I took offense to that? What if I was like, you just attacked a core part of my identity? Could you imagine? <laughs> I'd be like... You'd be like, bitch, where? That's too damn bad. <laughs> it's still technically New York, though, so mm-hmm. it counts. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. And then I went to college at the University of Georgia. We just talked about this very random choice. Love go it. dogs. Uh, yeah, go dogs. It was fun, though. I graduated almost two years ago now, which is, oh, I hate saying that. Well, I was almost three and now I was almost four, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> I think it, it, I think at your point, it definitely seems a lot crazier at this point. I'm like, I don't know, eight years ago. Yeah. Call it like undergrad is so like in the past, even though I'm, well, that's because I probably wear a tough shirt like every other day. I think also because <laughs> so. you continued with schooling, you're probably like. You're yeah. like, I'm still in True. this shit. Meanwhile, Brooke and I are like, do this. I'm like, remember when I like learned? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot how to read. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But Brooke, what are your, also, what are your pronouns really quickly? Uh, she, her. Love it. I have it in my bio on, because Aaron, you came on that. my podcast. And I know you inspired me. I put it in my bio. We love it. Yeah. Thank we you. Love it, love it. I've seen people put in like their email signature. Like I just see it everywhere mm-hmm. now. So I want to like do the do mm-hmm. it right. You know. Yeah, I feel that. I, I have it in my Zoom name, and I can actually see a, a lot of the time people will like log into Zoom, and if I'm like one of the first people there, people will change their name to add their wow. pronouns. Yeah, which that's I, really like, smart. I never expected it, but it, people like people in my classes will do it too, which is pretty cool. I feel like it makes really a lot of sense with the Zoom. 
especially with like online learning yeah. if like a teacher if like yeah mm-hmm. it's great one of the added benefits of the digital classroom having a name tag yeah <laughs> truly i mean it's better than like some of some professors w- would like literally in law school like i was like 25 years old this was happening to people where they'd come in and the professor would give them a blank piece of printer paper and they'd be like okay fold this in half write your name on it and stick it at the front of the, the like where you're sitting <laughs> i was like oh my this is what they do in like third grade i thought like, i definitely did that in college too yeah. yeah and they were like it's really? your participation points or whatever yeah because like when they called on you i'm like I had to do you it. You don't in need some to. Don't even too. worry. And like, if we don't would, even worry, you don't have to address me by name. Like yeah. just call on me. You right? in the pink. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Like. Totally. I mean, it's kind of nice when they like try to learn your name, though. I guess. No, it is cute. It is cute. But if it's like a once a week, like lecture style class, like you're not, it's just not going to happen unless you like make it a point to like meet the professor and stuff. But you know what I'm saying? Bless you. Also, my handwriting is trash. So like the teacher trying to read it is like, what does that say? (laughs) That's a me problem. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Cause I've always been at like smaller institutions where Mm. the classes were like, if they were like Mm. really big, they were like, you know, chem one where like, unless you meet with the teacher, like she's never going to learn your name and it doesn't even matter. Econ. Yeah. Oh yeah, those big I ones. Are, have we had like fifty to two hundred people in those classes, so it's like they they don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't care if you're yeah. there. Like, yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, when I was a senior, I was I was an Italian major, so there weren't too many of those. Wow. I literally I literally had like four person classes. <laughs> wow. You never yeah. hear that. In, I mean, it was awesome. You, that's really cool and you're probably still like close with your professors because you like built a relationship with them no kind of it was a little weird when like i after college i went to italy and was like there like wasn't in school was kind of hanging out like made italian friends and like that's when i got like good at speaking it but like when i was in undergrad it was still very much like i was nervous i never really let myself get into it and like be like cool with making mistakes or whatever so i was like not so great at the language so it was hard to like connect and i was also like really embarrassed to make mistakes you know it took a while to like get over that language threshold mm-hmm. i'm just being like who gives a shit if you fuck up you know it's it's all learning and no one cares like when people mess up english like i don't give a shit yeah you know and yeah so i was like really scared to like mess up so i just like wouldn't speak as much i like wouldn't go to office hours as much as i should have um so i didn't make the relationships that like I could have or I should have. Mm-hmm. Why Italian? Can I ask that? I so I started taking is. Latin in... You know what? Honestly, this kind of... It, it's funny that you asked because... Um, not that it's like a good segue, but something that I did want to talk about today actually somehow relates to this, but... Um, <laughs> Look at your interview the, skills, Brooke. I, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a genuine question. I think that... Yeah. I mean, it, Italian's a beautiful language, but I always mm. wonder like when you oh. devote your whole life to like one language, like why you that you particular Italy, one? Right? You both I did. did. I don't speak Italian, though. Where'd you study abroad? Verona. Where were you? Mm. I know. A beautiful Seriously? city. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, I'm great. so jealous. I love Verona. Where were you? Like Florence I was in or Sor- Rome? No, oh, I was in no. Sorrento. Oh, you're, that's an authentic experience. Yeah, it was, it, was, oh, it was so cool. It was so much fun. I loved it. Nothing against like the people that do the Florence or Rome thing, but it's like, so many students i feel like that it's almost like they take mm, over it's an american like for campus. us it was yeah yes yeah. exactly exactly like i felt like i was pretty much fully immersed which was really cool were you living with a homestay family or were you in an no apartment? we were in 
I don't even know if we want to call it an apartment. It was like an extended stay, like one of those extended stay residents, if you will. Um, So people like businessmen, you know, were staying there Mm. um, and they rented out, you know, rooms for us. We had the roommate. I don't know. What about you? Were you a homestay? Was it? Yeah, I was in a homestay. Wait, was it like almost like a hotel? In the sense of there was a front desk and everything, but it wasn't Uh full fledged. Like it was more apartment style, like. Apartment style meets, yeah. Okay, wait a second. Where was it? Because I actually went to Verona and stayed in a place kind of like that. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was a little bit. It was kind of in like a shitty area, though. So, so was mine. Okay. Was it like on like a kind of a highway? It's The place that I was was Residence Aldige. Aldige. I'm so bad at Italian. I learned Spanish, not Italian. So it it's was okay. definitely I like that. I mean, we didn't come into contact with any other students so i can't even be like yeah it was a big like student center like yeah. no it was very much so like off the beaten path i mean we could walk into town and everything but it wasn't like we're in the center of it you know um anyway back to your original question um i started i started taking latin in the fifth grade actually and took that all wow. through college yeah and so when i got to college i was like you know what i've been taking latin for forever i should probably take like a modern language like that would be fun so i was like italian is the closest one um, and so I just started taking Italian and then I went through, I cycled through trying a couple majors before I was like, you know what? I've been taking Latin for, for, for forever. Classics is like my shit. So I'm going to switch over and be a classics major. That makes me happy to go to law school anyway. And then I was like, I've been taking Italian too. I should just like do both of them. And they actually ended up being like, they were like continuations of each other because uh, my classics major went up pretty much like the fall of the Roman Empire. And then after that was kind of like the Dark Ages. And then my Italian major picked up like towards the end of the Dark Ages. So I basically just got like a huge history wow. of like Italy, basically. <laughs> so it was almost more like history than like language or am I? I mean, there was a lot. I mean, we learned Italian history through language. Like we would okay. read like Dante and Petrarch and like all these like old Italian dudes it was so fucking hard and I was like I can't even speak the modern language like I was being asked to read like their version of Shakespeare and I was like I can't even like string two sentences together in the modern language like this is fucked (laughs) I'm sure that was complex it sounds like Mm. it similar to law school so you must just be a smart person (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you you haven't seen my grades but (laughs) oh my gosh um but anyway i mentioned that it's relevant to today's thing because i think part of the reason that i enjoyed latin so much at the beginning was because the first crush on a boy i ever had was he was in my latin class oh my goodness mm-hmm. so sweet what in fifth year grade, was that because um i probably st- that's probably when it started to like develop but i like knew that i had it in sixth grade i was like i fully have a crush on this boy mm-hmm. wow Mm-hmm. So it's like when you say like that's when I knew that I was gay was like oh okay I I have a crush on this boy. So things are uh not as they seem, but like when you say that you knew like when you were little like I, I, I the thought never even occurred to me really I never felt like different yeah I never felt like I was I guess you could say like there was like a different feeling but i was like best best friends and best family friends with this girl and like her whole family like we were basically brother and sister um 
And so I just kind of chalked any like differences up to like her interest. Like, you know, I had my nails painted when I was little and was like down with it, but I always, I never chalked it up to like something that I had really wanted. It was kind of like, oh, I'm just like going along with like what she's doing. Um, so it never occurred to me that I was like different. I was like, oh, I'm just like hanging out and doing the things that my friends are doing, you know? Hmm. Wild. Interesting. Yeah. So the first time that this crossed your mind was when you were like fifth grade, sixth grade, which is what, 12? 11, 12. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. yeah. Latin class, baby. <laughs> the the romance language, right? Yeah. That's, uh, it's the base of the romance. It's where it all comes from. Oh my goodness. Wow. There's something like really beautiful about that, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> <You're> so, <laughs> not everybody takes Latin either, right? Like it was like a selected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like seven of us maybe and it changed the course of your life forever changed i mean it has very much influenced the direction my entire life has taken wow so how did that progress latin made me gay so (laughs) what do you mean like did you continue to have latin with this boy throughout all of high school Mm -hmm. and did the no no because i went to different i went to a different middle school we went to different high schools um so no, we had Latin together. I mean, I went to a small school, so we had other classes together as well. But um, we had Latin together every year until like and ninth grade, and then you until left until ninth, ninth grade. grade, and then I left after ninth grade. He left after eighth grade. Wow. Yep. So, yeah, it was. I was probably my longest crush to date. Lasted a few years, um, and it was definitely weird. Because I think at some point I, I had friends, like I had told a couple friends, um, in middle school actually that I had a crush on him. Um, and obviously oh, so you, know, you were like, you would like, you were come to terms with it. You were like, this is it. I'm in. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Middle yeah. school. Well, wow. I, yeah. Well, I wasn't like, I think towards the end of middle school, I was cool with it, but like, I wasn't like ready to tell the world, like, you know, a couple close friends who I knew, like knew that that was a big deal and like, couldn't like not to say anything or whatever. Yeah. Um, like that one girl that I was saying, you know, we were like best family friends. Girl. She's probably the first person I told. Um, but it, it's funny actually, now that I think about it, like when I was younger, like that, like the, the way that I would tell people was being like, I have a crush on this boy or like, Oh, like he's really hot. Like I never really wanted to be like, Hey, I want to tell you something like I'm gay. It was like, let's just like skip that and go straight into talking about boys. You know, <laughs> I relate to that. Why do you think that is? Because I feel like when I was coming to terms with it too, I always kind of thought like instead of saying I'm gay, it would be easier to be like, by the way, I'm dating this person who happens to be a guy. Mm-hmm. I It just, I to me, I think it gives less opportunity for them to like address something about you and more of a like, oh, like, if I can skip talking about this like very deep personal part of me and just go straight into the other stuff, like we don't have to, to make it all about me. We don't have to like put me on the spot and like Mm. have some deep conversation about like my identity. Yeah. That makes sense. Were those people that you were friends with then like they can still like good friends, like the friendship continued and stuff. They proved to be good friends, I guess over time. That's good. Uh, Yeah. 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 For sure. I grew up in like, uh, I mean, there's definitely like some conservative people around here and like, there definitely would be people that if I like said something to in middle school, they like would have definitely told people and the rumors would have gone around. Um, 
so I was like very intentional, I think, but like those were also like my closest friends at the time. So it was kind of like, you know, you, you, you pick the people to be around that you want to be around. And Mm -hmm. if you pick the right people, they're the, the ones that you can tell anything to. Yeah. But it was actually really cool. Now, now that I think about it, I haven't thought about this in a while, but like seventh and eighth grade being able, like going over to their house and just like being able to like very openly chat about that, I think probably gave a, like had a, is where a lot of that like young confidence came from, you know, at least having like one friend that I knew that I could just like talk about whatever with and go over to their house. Um, probably influenced and affected me a lot more than I like ever realized in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. Just like knowing that this is like a normal thing that I can do at least with one other person Mm. just kind of like set some worry must have like set some worries at bay and I don't know, like given me some more comments, like, you know what, if something, if something bad happens, like with another person, like they're not cool with it, like whatever, I have this other friend who at the very least is down with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never thought about that actually, (laughs) but it definitely is what happened. Safe spaces. We love Mm -hmm. them. So when you started realizing that when you were in middle school, like, did you talk to your family about it or did that happen later? No, I mean, I actually, I think in seventh grade, I told my dad that I was bi. And then it was like, I I, actually, I remember this very clearly. We were in the car driving to Blockbuster. um, (laughs) And I just kind of like, (laughs) and I just kind of like blurted it out. And he just said, okay, do you feel better? Oh my God. That's like like the scene from what was it? Like the real, what movie is that? The United States of Terra. Maybe. Oh, it might be that. He says it to the dad and he's like, okay, well, do you need anything at the grocery store? Yes, that's, <laughs> or what, something it like that's that. what it is. Yeah. Um, but then we didn't talk about it for like a couple years just because I was like too young and hadn't figured things out. Um, but so my dad knew for a while. And then I think it was summer before my junior year of high school that I came out to like the world. And so that summer I like told my parents and like rehad the conversation and it was like, I'm very lucky in that it was kind of like a, a, it wasn't really much of a conversation. And I think like (laughs) my parents aren't dumb, you know? (laughs) So they, they saw it coming a little bit, but um, (laughs) what was the question? (laughs) Just familial relations, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Are you close with, or I guess, were you slash, are you close with your dad more than your mom? Like, did you feel more comfortable telling your dad first? Like how did, yeah, I feel like most people. I feel like most people would. Yeah, it's scarier. Like who? Someone was. Oh my god! I don't. My brain is literally like mush today. But someone was <laughs> in one of the interviews we were doing. Someone was like, "Oh my god, it's always so much harder to come out to your dad." So it's interesting that you came out to your dad first. Yeah. Well, I actually had like the opposite of like the the parental stereotype. Like my mom was has the big career and mm-hmm. was the the big businesswoman, and I had a stay at home dad for you know my whole childhood. So there was a lot more time with him. And so I, I guess in, in a way, I guess I was more comfortable, but it, I don't want that to sound like, like I was uncomfortable to tell my mom. Um, I think maybe I had like had more conversations about like more personal things with my dad before. So it like seemed more natural. Um, but there was never like, um, you know, I, I've, 
have great relationship with both my parents. It was never the case. I think it was just like the nature of the relationship at the time lended mm-hmm. itself more to like me coming out to my dad first before my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want my mom to listen to this and be like, I can't believe you were more comfortable to no, tell your father no. than me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was just like the not. nature of the relationship at the time. Totally. Yeah. Totally. totally. And I've also got like, I'm very lucky in that. Like I have the, the best dad. And I'm sure everybody says that, but like we've had, it, it's been cool to have like a, a non-stereotypical like upbringing and that, like, like I said, my dad was stay at home. Um, and so to have like a really great relationship with him from like forever has been wonderful. Yeah, it sounds like that's kind like of like positively a, <laughs> influential, like just on the, mm-hmm. the family structure and like how it breaks everything and your idea of like what's quote normal is different now so that that probably is why you felt mm-hmm. like m- not more connected to your dad but in a different way i get that yeah also my dad's been like very politically involved for like ever and is like very liberal so i knew it like nothing bad was gonna happen whereas like my mom is not as like Vocal. outspoken or like mm-hmm. she doesn't yeah she doesn't like get involved to the same level that he does mm-hmm. so i was like all right well i like i know he's gonna be cool with it so <laughs> yeah like my dad took me to like marches in Washington when I was growing up, which was pretty wow. cool. Wow, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really wild. I think we went to like an anti-gun march when I was like, oh, I don't even know how old I was. Damn, you both so have boss-ass moms. What does your mom do? Or I don't know if you could say, but like, is yeah. she? Like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, exactly. she's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has worked in um, like food for oh a long God. time but like yeah she worked for uh nestle for a while she worked for Dannon for the first like 16 years of my life like pretty high up um she's worked at pepsi for the last i don't even know how many years maybe uh 10 years probably she's really high up at pepsi so she's in like the food business world and is like a fucking bad bitch <laughs> wait that's she's so like, funny take no names i'm running this shit yeah our moms would be great friends <laughs> they would. Really? Mom's your mom like, she's in the she's in the food business too she doesn't work for a big corporation but she mm. works for a small company that brings brands to qvc so she doesn't work for qvc but she works for like a my mom was watching qvc right before i got oh on here <laughs> we have to introduce them i'm sure that they would align seriously yeah. <laughs> oh my god i would That's kill amazing. if they ever go like get drinks we have to tag along because i would just die oh, to yeah. like I that love mom hang out in us in the city yes. <laughs> that would be so epic <laughs> it's so great having a powerful mom though like that really mm-hmm. it, it influences you in a way that you don't even know like it it just shatters everything that you think is possible. I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, I'm a girl, so, like, I'm speaking from a girl's perspective, but, like, it, it never made me think, like, oh, I can't do that or I can't do – like, it, it taught me anything's really possible because, look, my mom's doing it. It is so. really cool yeah. how it, like, breaks I down the that. patriarchy a little bit. Like, Yeah. Both... I'd love to, love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I think – I mean, obviously, it's going to affect us differently, but I think, like, having a, a – a, what did you say, Aaron? A boss ass. How did you boss. describe our moms? <laughs> yeah, having a boss ass mom and a stay at home dad has like made. I think it has made me a You're little like, more. What's a gender role? Comfortable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, but it's like for so long I've been like so openly down and like proud to say like I'm super excited to like be a dad and to like have kids and it's like I, it's not something I like feel like like I've been saying that since high school. You know, wow. Like, 
it's like not something that like i have ever heard other i mean obviously i've heard people say but it's definitely up there on like my like top aspirations in Mm -hmm. life and i don't really feel like i hear a lot of other guys say that you know i think people say that god not to like put myself on a pedestal be like i have like a heart of gold (laughs) i have wanted to be a father for forever you're all less than me not what i'm saying obviously but like i think i've just been like way more comfortable of being like yeah i'm super fucking excited to like start family and like have kids and like be a dad i think like having someone who like having a dad who's like loves being a dad and is like unashamed to like be a father Mm -hmm. like totally affected me like reverse like you were saying like what are gender roles you know Mm -hmm. yeah that's so true because i feel like it's not oh i'm so excited it's not viewed as like the most like (laughs) hyper masculine thing to be like yeah i'm a dad it's like yeah i run corporation i'm in finance like (laughs) literally so, yeah i get i get beers with the boys yeah. like yeah. <laughs> sports yeah. i own gamestop <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> yeah i feel that but yeah well jumping back to matt's trauma i don't know <laughs> oh god um, i mean what do you mean i can't have a happy life Aaron? No, none of us can't <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything that you like want? Like, do you want to drive the conversation at all? Where do you see it going next? Yeah. Um, well, I guess I can like jump back a little bit to, you know, that first crush and then how that kind of manifested and Mm -hmm. influenced, you know, I think a lot of people, so he's, he's straight. I haven't talked to him in probably since eighth grade, honestly. I think we're friends on Facebook. I don't even know. It was, I think it definitely manifested in like a, not like the healthiest way, having like a long crush on someone that was like, it's not that they could like turn you down. It's like, they literally couldn't be less interested in you. And yeah. And it's not, I, I, I think there's a lot of different ways to describe it, but it just like, you can only talk about it. You know, I was lucky that I could talk about it with at least, you know, one other person. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of sets your expectations so low. And especially when there's like, oh, I've like only ever really had one crush on one person in this like, you know, middle school is a very formative time. You know, I would guess that people have like, you know, multiple crushes in that time period or get to like, you know, you get to start to mess like play with you know what you're attracted to and like Mm. the type of person that you're interested to and so only having one and then you know I switched schools and went to a different high school and so there was a lot more going on there and I you know I wasn't out yet but there also like weren't any out people at the school and even once I came out you know there was in a school of god how many I think there was like 600 people at the school at your high school no yeah yeah, I think there's around 600 people at the school. And even, and like, you know, when I graduated, there were, like, four or five queer guys, like, spanning the grades, which is kind of a lot when you think about Ooh, it, but, like, spanning the grades. Um, I'm going to say, like, three or four of them are out. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, one or two were in the closet. Um, but, like, so many seeing your friends kind of being able to experiment and, like, date around basically you know i think we've, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before in the idea of like um delayed adolescence where like you know 
that was my first crush in middle school. And then I went to high school and like, didn't get to do anything other than like (laughs) hook up with the random guy in my dorm who like would not ever say that he was like interested in guys and, you know, just continually have crushes on unattainable people. Um, it like really kind of fucks with you. Mm -hmm. And so that was definitely something that I had to like, it took a long time to overcome, you know, I dealt with it through most of college as well. Um, but the experience of and and it's also driven by like what society deems as attractive Mm -hmm. in guys. So, you know, like the things that you, that were taught to be attracted to guys for are things are like masculine things you know they're good at sports they're mm-hmm. like tall muscular and handsome they don't exude any feminine qualities whatsoever and so that tends to be you know the the jocks or like mm-hmm. whatever you know you don't get a lot of the gay kids in high school looking like that but the thing is you do they just aren't going to come out you know they're not ready to come out and that was definitely the case at my high school so you know you the people that I would be attracted to were never the people that I could like realistically, you know, have a bond with or, you know, date or whatever. And so for a long time, it, it, it it's something that I've like talked to people about is, is a, can be a bit of a phenomenon in the, in the gay world is like lusting after straight boys, like people who are never gonna, never gonna like you back. And it's, it's really horrible. <laughs> you know, I don't know, Aaron, if you've ever, of course, dealt with that yeah i, <laughs> I think it's I would, something it, most of us it, have i have a question is it people yeah. who are truly straight or is it people who are questioning and they're misleading you guys yeah, and i wanted, being like i wanted to clarify on that too you know what does that make sense because it almost yeah. sounded like you were saying that there were people who would like give you attention behind closed doors and then in public they like yeah 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 with you. That, well so that's like a specific example of where it happened of like somebody didn't have a crush on but that like then like behind closed doors would like give that like physical attention and then like in front of everybody else it was like you know you don't really exist like who are you so that also fucks with you a lot and is like horrible so like as much as it hurts anyone listening if you're doing that i recommend not and i feel like that Um, everybody can relate to like that spans across every sexuality and whatnot what just liking someone who doesn't like you back well when someone will will never like, like you back someone who will like give you attention in private but then in public like act like you don't exist different 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 like layers there when it's oh for sure yeah mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah or sorry. people who won't put a label on things or like they don't want to officially mm-hmm. date you but they'll like hook up with you but, but like totally they don't want to like take to you out like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the worst but yeah so i yeah i mean i i think that's like one layer of it especially if you like do have that experience but i think there's also another layer of just like the people that you're interested in or the people that i was interested in or that would like spark or who would grab my attention or that or whatever were never were always like actually like straight people people that like I would never you know even try talking to them in any way other than like friendship you know and so yeah I guess I don't know um and so it it doesn't combine that with like they're literally being like I don't want to necessarily say it that way because it makes it sound ruder than it is. But like, I think that makes it feel like there is no dating scene for you. And I think in a way there like, wasn't it just like 
and I wasn't like mature enough in reality for it. But, you know, I think a lot of high school dating is like not the most healthy or mature <laughs> in general. Um, Very few things in high it school just are doesn't, healthy like, or mature. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it just doesn't like set you up for like the best confidence or like knowing anything really romantic about yourself that's very true i can relate to the whole suppression thing of like not Mm -hmm. having any real experiences well it's like everyone around you dates around and you're just kind of sitting there like yeah exactly you sign up like yeah yeah. (laughs) that's what i was gonna ask so is it due to like what you guys are both explaining I don't want to say like lack of options, but almost lack of options because when you're, there's so Mm -hmm. few people that are out like in your community in your hometown, obviously, or even in college or whatever. Is that kind of what you're saying? Like you see all maybe your straight friends or whatever that are dating Mm -hmm. and like hooking up with people and having sex or whatever they're doing. And I think it's a lot of, can can you walk me through that a little bit? Okay. I I think it's that combined with not recognizing that like the options that you do have are, kind of worthy of your time or attention because like maybe they don't fit into the what you think that you're attracted to if that makes sense so like some of the people that like were that like I could have like maybe had a thing with Mm -hmm. in high school like nowadays now that I've like grown up a little bit and I'm not like lusting after straight boys only you know and I can see people a little bit more for who they are and you know femininity is not a turn off whatever you know it things would probably be different but at the time it, they i you know it, they're kind of write-offs mm-hmm. yeah gotcha which is like very very fucked i mean i think that's like the epitome of internalized homophobia is refusing me, to look at me. other like queer men because they don't fit your ideals basically yeah yep yeah i feel that yeah. one <laughs> That's like a, it, it lasts, I mean, that kind of like even lasted into college for sure totally. too, you know, even, you know, at Tufts, we had like so many gay guys and I was like, you know, able to, to start exploring that side of me and, you know, start dating guys or, you know, have, you know, dance floor makeouts and like kind of normal stuff that you do in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean that I, I think was kind of like a crash course and helped bring me out of a lot of that like unhealthy like thought process and behavior um because it was kind of like any sort of like homophobia whether internalized or not was like looked down upon like you know if I said something about like oh you know I don't want to hook up with that guy because he's like really feminine people would be like that's kind of like I can understand if you're not attracted to it but like when you say yeah, but I'm saying, like, if you try, if you like expressed that mm-hmm. in any sort of way, people be like, it's kind of like fucked up, you know? Yeah. When you came to college, I don't know if you said this already, were you openly like out what was that process kind of like you were so i yeah i came out the summer before junior year of high school and i in the college search like that was i think i talked about it on i don't know some episode that we have um but 
it was like very much like uh i need to find a place that's like gay friendly Mm -hmm. and that like gay people are happy basically that was like a big driver for me so it was definitely nice to like go to tufts and like when i first got there like go to a party and like Mm -hmm. i saw that there were guys dancing and like i was talking to like multiple people about like not like gay things but like i was like gay and people like didn't really give a shit in the way that like is good you know they're like okay like cool awesome there's like (laughs) that's like i don't really know what that uh no how much like you know, the, it it's like it's it's deal. not an issue. It was normal. It was it was yeah, their it was, definition it was normal. of normal. Yeah, yeah thank gotcha. you. Yeah, exactly. So that was like the big deal for me, or the important thing for me. Yeah, it seems like Tufts is a great place for all. I mean, I obviously didn't go there, but yeah. from what do you guys say about? I don't know. <laughs> you have my head spinning because I wonder. I'm thinking now because like I feel like I had a similar thing, a similar like experience. And I'm wondering if because when we entered into Tufts, like we had the swim team and we had that network and we had like such a strong group of queer people and that like that baseline, I'm like, I'm wondering if that, like, I'm sure that that played a part in it of almost just being like, quote unquote, mean gays. (laughs) Even though I don't think that we, what do you mean? I don't think that we were mean, but like, I mean, also I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but well, well, we were like definitely an exclusive like community and with however many gays there were that like also creates like a little microcosm, micro community of exclusivity. Yeah. If that's what you're getting at. Yes. And also like everyone on the swim team was like white and pretty. I was going to ask about that. Okay. Cause I have so many questions about this. Cause this is something that my mom and I always talk about. My mom works with a lot of people that are, gay queer whatever what do you guys say queer right as like the all-encompassing term okay cool part of the lgbtq plus community whatever whatever you want to call it sorry i'm not trying to disregard you know what i'm saying (laughs) the homos get to the point mary (laughs) sorry 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 okay um we've always talked about this because she's like i see such an intense like pressure for them to keep up with this certain physique or look um and i even see it i have um i work with a lot of people who are in la like my manager's in la um and he he's gay and he i just i i feel like the pressure for him almost like i feel like he has to feel like he has to look a certain way and you know get i don't want to say like always be getting like botox and fillers and stuff like that but it feels like almost like this pressure to maintain your youth and like be Mm -hmm. ripped and Mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys can speak on that at all if, or if i'm just making this up and you're not stereotyping. making it up can we you're not okay. making it up you're definitely not making it up okay yeah. i would imagine that's really challenging though because obviously mm-hmm. that type of stuff is not it doesn't come easy especially with the body stuff i know it could be a slippery slope yeah totally i mean it's i think we may not be like the best sources for that mm-hmm. just because you know we in college like we were college athletes who were working out all the time we're living in speedos and insane you know i i don't want to like sound cocky or like whatever but like we're in we were in really good shape we're still both in good shape so it's and like you know genetics obviously plays a part of it so like that helps us out as well so we're just like very very lucky and privileged and that does like attain you a certain like status or like the pretty privilege it's lets real. you into yeah it's pretty privilege mm-hmm. it's super real especially in the gay community and so you know by doing something we love it helped us to like maintain those status 
whatever. So we, you know, weren't going to the gym. I, I, I'll speak from my personal experience. Sorry. But like, you know, I wasn't going yeah, to the gym, you. like, you know, <laughs> sorry. like I need to like make sure that, you know, I look a certain way. Like I was able to like focus on like, I need to get stronger for my sport mm. and that like perfectly aligned with like the, like what you have to do, I guess, to like, maintain certain a certain body or like what I, what I would be doing if I were trying to look a certain way in the gay community so I never was like in college like oh you know like there's that pressure to look good so mm-hmm. that I'm like one of the hot guys on the team and then that like kind of influenced my like you know I'm I enjoy exercising it's like something that's important to mm-hmm. me but I can definitely see these days of like you know oh yeah like I better keep up exercising that way I can like still look a certain way even in a you know I've been in a relationship for over four years you know it's kind of like I still like gotta keep working out so I like look a certain way because you know all of my friends are like working out to like look a certain way mm-hmm. and like a lot of the people I surround myself yeah. with and like even the people I don't surround myself with it's just like the community wants to look a certain way and it's so toxic you know <laughs> it also is like exceptionally bad in LA like you are correct in that regard um, oh I can only imagine like my body dysmorphia in this fucking city is disgusting <laughs> like it's Ugh. but it's also it's just fat it's I have to catch myself and check myself and keep like keep reminding myself and even like my therapist, one of the first things he said to me is he was like, he, he works out of West Hollywood, which is like the highest concentration of like white ripped gay men who look like they're fucking 25, even though they're 50. And he was like, how, how, I have no idea. <laughs> but he was saying like a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money. Of money. That's well, and that's the thing is it's <laughs> like so many people put so much importance, like the probably the most importance on like how they look. So it's like, that's why there's so much money going into it but he was saying that like people have such a a warped sense of reality here because Mm -hmm. um like people will like walk in and be like i'm unlovable like i'm not pretty and then it's like you leave la and it's like you're a 10 anywhere else which in itself Mm -hmm. is like a fucked up thing that we like rate people on their looks but um but it's just like the, the constant comparison is like so toxic and it's just like not not reality here but no, that's interesting. I've definitely heard that like harped on before, so that's interesting to hear from both of you guys. And obviously, you were you're both still in incredibly amazing shape, but I'm oh my sure God. that Thank you. <laughs> Chloe Tang, twelve three thirty. Everyone on the swim team like looking a certain way and stuff. I'm sure that even though you said Matt, you were like I did it in a healthy way. I'm sure like a part of it is not so I don't know like it feels no, like I, it's yeah, probably I'm sure you're right, yeah. a tough line to draw totally yeah. well and that's because they're so tied also... together sorry this is your interview yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll shut up <laughs> <laughs> well I was gonna say I think it it probably was one of those things where like I would go into workouts being like yeah like this workout is for my sport but also like this is what I need to do to like maintain my like whatever or like to keep or to work towards being attractive by the standards. Mm-hmm. So like I'm killing two birds with one stone here, I think is probably what it ended up being. Totally. Hmm. Interesting. Sorry, I took us totally off topic. No, I mean, were... there's, there's no like one topic. So yeah. <laughs> you're talking about like the swim team and in college yeah. and ha- normalized how, well, how you felt mm-hmm. just normal. I want to jump back because I think it's interesting that you said when you first came out to your dad, you came out as bi. Do you still identify as bi? <laughs> um, I, I don't, but I think the reason I don't is because I, it's a lot easier and more correct for me to say that I'm gay. Um, 
However, I think it probably speaks to the idea that like people view bisexuality as like not a spectrum or like not like fluid. Like if you're, you know, if you're bi, it means that you are sexually and romantically attracted to like men and women equally. And there's kind of like no in between. Whereas like I would, I have described myself and would continue to as like, I will, I couldn't, like, I'm not romantically attracted to women. Like, it just doesn't work for me. But, like, physically, I definitely am. You know, I think women, women are hot. Women are beautiful. Um, Thank you. But like, trying but best. No. <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of no. all the women, I accept <laughs> yeah. that compliment. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, like, it's funny because I'll say that, and then, like, my boyfriend is like, wow, I'm the actual opposite. Like, I could spend all day with like a girl hang out i would never be like sexually interested mm-hmm. in her whatsoever mm. um but um i think like i would probably i i'm definitely i'm not 100 percent gay i'll put it that way but You're fluid the part of me yeah I, so i think in a way it's like if say there's like you know, there's two boxes on either side. Like you can, if you're hundred percent gay, you would only check romantically and sexually interested in men and you wouldn't check either in women. I would check sexually interested in women and then romantically and sexually interested in men and not check romantically interested in women. That's like R- the best romantically. That... You mean like connection wise? Is that kind of yeah. what that encompasses? Okay. Okay. Totally. Like I've, I've never, like I've never had a crush on a girl, like a real crush gotcha. on a girl. I've never like seen a girl. I mean, like I want to spend time with her. Like I mm. want to like talk to her. I want to hear like all the, uh, you know, I never want to talk to a girl basically is what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I've, I, you know, I've never been interested in like, you know, going out on a date and like doing all those things. Like it's just never been, uh, I've never wanted to do that. Whereas a romantic like, you know, pursuit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, <laughs> the exact opposite is true with boys. <laughs> hmm. Um so it's I don't, I think it is that is my version of like sexual sexuality is complicated. Okay. Yeah. What Aaron I, I don't know your take on that. Like what do you feel? Like yeah, my personality? <laughs> my me personally? No. Yeah, like is that I mean, Matt, you just kind of said it. You were like, it's not, everybody's kind of different with that stuff. Like mm-hmm. romantically, sexually, some people are like, ew, get girls away from me. And some people are like, yes, like I'm, what, what do you feel? Like, where do you lie on that? I feel just like we're on the convo. I think it's interesting. I feel like I'm closer on Dave's side of the spectrum. Like I've had mm-hmm. crushes. Dave is my boyfriend. Okay. Yes. okay. <laughs> um, I've had like crushes on women, but then like never really had the desire to do anything like sexual, but like gotcha. also like I fully think that I could enter into like a platonic partnership with a woman like no problem like a life partnership yeah interesting yeah yeah i I don't think i could do that i i mean i i think that it would be like the whole marry your best friend and like raise a kid together like i could do that i think that would be fine i think it'd be fun um but then i'd be like aaron's gonna go have his Aaron time like later like he's peace (laughs) like yeah, it would be like a, a contractual agreement, which is probably so fucked up. And if like anyone who's like a psychologist is listening to this, they're going to be like, this says so much about Aaron. <laughs> but um, anyway, please That's slide like... into my DMs and tell me what that means about Aaron, because I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just read a whole book that that's basically the plot line. Really? It's like a really? platonic relationship. Yeah, it's called Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I mean, it's like one, it's like the end of the book, basically. Mm. I don't want to give it away. It's not really giving it away. It's like one of her one of her relationships seven husbands. that she has her child. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the most meaningful one, I the longest one husbands. that she has like her child with is with a man who is gay. He has like, you know, his sexual partnerships, I guess, mm-hmm. on the side, but I guess and they kind of even say they're like we were just best friends but they both like wanted a kid so as long as you're gonna care for the kid like and give it a great life then that's like Mm -hmm. who who cares anyway you can i mean in theory you can you can enter into like co-parenting contractual agreements like those are a thing yeah so i don't think it could be too bad i mean as long as you both love it and like i i mean it's not traditional but who cares I mean, if it works for you fuck tradition who gives a shit what's traditional yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> i had another question for you but i'm blanking on what it was mm. yeah well i guess to go back to your your other question um if i were to really boil it down um i guess i would technically say that i'm bisexual but i've i've gotten to the point where my how i describe myself is about um my romantic interests Mm -hmm. because that's i don't i there's so many ways i can go with this right now so i may like (laughs) have to rewind or whatever but i think when i describe myself to other people it's not about like and i'm talking about like sexual my sexual identity it's more about like the person that i'm interested in loving and less about the person that i'm interested in sleeping with which is why i think gay makes more sense for me Mm -hmm. um because you know i have no problem talking to like literally anybody like yeah i'm gay i'm interested in guys but like it's a little less comfortable to be like yeah i'm sexually interested in you know Mm. guys and girls (laughs) so when i talk about it's like i i know i'm going to marry a man um probably gonna be a specific one but we don't have to get into that um (gasps) but um (laughs) it's that's I guess that's kind of always where my head has been you know when I'm talking about like when I'm saying I'm gay it's like I am romantically and want to be involved romantically with another guy but sexually it's a little bit more complicated but that's not what we're talking about you know (laughs) yeah that makes sense do you do you feel like it has to be such like a this or that answer? Like, do you feel pressured in that way to be like, yes, I am this? Like, do you guys feel pressured by a particular like label or identity or like, are you okay with, you know, I mean, I, I understand it's easier to say one thing or the other, but when yeah. you get into a conversation, would you explain that to someone? Does this make sense? I can answer this for <laughs> No, it, do- it does. It does. <laughs> He's going to say, I don't owe anybody my sexual preferences. Like, I don't need to explain that to anyone unless we're going to have it's sex. It's so true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you make you make a good point. Um, yeah, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I think I think Aaron, you kind of hit it. I don't know. If, I don't know if I would say it as crass as Aaron did. Mm. But um, <laughs> really, you wouldn't. Um, I guess it depends. <laughs> yeah, it totally depends. Um I think there's definitely something about how easy it, it's just easier. Um, Nobody wants a complicated answer. Prob- <laughs> and no one wants a complicated answer. I think there's definitely some like biphobia in it as well that I have like yet to unpack. Um, what do you mean by that? Like, like 
prefer like disliking the idea of being bisexual or like not viewing it as like a fully realizable identity whereas like it's it's easier it's more comprehensive or more yeah comprehensible to be to say i'm gay you know um yeah does that make sense i want to dig in a little more all right go for it um like dig your heels in or dig into my identity more (laughs) both what like just what do you think causes that why do you think you have an aversion to saying bye or like do you also it's like i feel like we're having this conversation as if there's straight gay bi right nothing else and i think that that's kind of like what the main conversation that happens nowadays is like have you explored other labels have you explored no label (laughs) um i've thought about like queer as a label and it it i i like it as an overarching term i don't really feel attached to it personally Hmm. um i think i feel really comfortable with gay um and I think maybe part of the reason why I don't feel as comfortable with the bi label is just because there are like naturally people ask questions, you know, more so with that label than they do with gay. There's a little bit more of like having to explain yourself. Um, Cause like, I know like when I first came out, like I came out as bi um, and, a, and a lot of the questions I got were like, Oh, do you prefer one or the other? Um, and so probably to avoid that, no, knowing that I did prefer one over the other, um but just to like have to like avoid that conversation you know i just said you know i'm gay and it just everyone's like okay he likes guys so that's a reoccurring theme is that you don't want to have to explain yourself to anyone because it came up i don't have to this came up it came up (laughs) too when you were saying that you didn't like you liked the idea of just saying like oh he's cute yeah i mean i think i i have no like obviously like you know i'm delving into like the deep the all the aspects of my identity so it's not like it's um something i never want to talk about but it's not necessarily a conversation that everybody else is entitled to so i think especially in those early days like whatever made me comfortable was the most important and now it's like whatever i need to do to if I'm not willing to have that conversation or if I'm not feeling having that conversation, I'm not going to have that conversation. And I think for a long time up till now, cause it's been, you know, almost 10 years since I came out. Wow. I haven't, I know <laughs> this summer will be 10 years. It's kind of crazy. Um, but I haven't felt the need or the desire to have that conversation, you know, cause for the majority of the, the time I, you know, I'm only, in, I'm only, interested in men i you know now i'm in a monogamous relationship so i'm only i'm only Mm -hmm. you know doing all of that with one person and so it doesn't even like totally matter but maybe that is why i'm more willing to have the conversation a little bit more now because i don't have to like explain like or i don't have to explain why i hooked up with someone anymore i don't have Mm -hmm. to say like oh you know like i don't have to turn somebody down or say like you know actually like i am interested in that person and explain why i'm interested in like a girl or something like that you know Mm -hmm. um 
Does that make sense? I feel like that kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Brooke, what Definitely. was that look? No, I was I was actually thinking like thinking of whenever I think of bi, now I think of people like Nessa Barrett, Madison Beer, like the I mean, obviously they've like recently come out. And I mean, now that you're saying it, it's got me thinking like I've never questioned as uh, I'm straight, but I've never questioned them in terms of like, well, do you like girls more than guys or do you like guys more than girls? You know what I mean? Like, I've, I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. they're bi. Like, meaning like they they could date a guy, they could date a girl, they could date neither, whatever they want to do. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting yeah. that you feel that way when, I don't know. I mean, obviously I can't speak from experience, but it's just like as an outsider, like I wouldn't, I, I don't think with that same frame of mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's interesting because it was always straight people who were like, oh, do you like prefer guys or girls who would ask me that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think bi is just like a little more difficult for people to comprehend. Mm. So they like are like, OK, well, I need to like put you into a smaller box. I need yeah. to understand. So I think that's where it comes from. And it's probably something I'm doing to myself a little bit, too. You know, it, it when it's it's complicated. Or it's, it's not uh, as simple as you know we have made sexuality out to be i think mm-hmm. it's easier for me to be like you know what i'm just I, i'm gay i'm gonna you know end up with a guy i'm just gonna focus my attention there when in reality it's kind of like oh, we're gonna have to erase a little bit of the edge of that box <laughs> you know a little all over a little all over the place all over what's the this is might sound ignorant but what is the exact term for is that pansexual when you don't you're attracted to the person and not a particular gender is that what that is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so if you don't mind me asking just out of sheer confusion yeah. why wouldn't you consider that then because you're saying you know like maybe if it was some woman that you've like sexually like what but i guess mm-hmm. then the gender doesn't ma- it's so I, I confusing know. Kind of conf- yeah, i know i'm a little confused yeah, i'm and, just and really I, yeah oh, does that make I sense think, i'm confused it, too <laughs> it does and i think it also brings up a little bit of the like that what what are the real differences between bisexual and pansexual because there are real differences um and i am not gonna you know okay get into them right now put, yeah well no i'm gonna i'm not gonna tell myself as someone who like really knows kinds of the ins and outs of those i i like to think of it as you know there are differences and if one of them feels right you're gonna know what that difference is and explain it but that's maybe a shitty answer um i've always pansexual has never really done it for me um in terms of like what i've seen it explain because it's like i don't know aaron you want to jump in and talk a little about pansexuality since you said last week that you might be pan (laughs) no because i don't have any further understanding (laughs) of it yet (laughs) but someone presented it to me recently and i listened to that part of the episode yeah yeah and i just like i don't i don't fucking know (laughs) but it's so true it's like (laughs) if i were to say that people would then just be kind of like well what does that mean and i'd be like i don't know it just feels good (laughs) like but i think that that's honestly like someone i follow on instagram is matt bernstein and he's like trying out he they pronouns and it's so interesting to watch him just be like i don't know i just it just kind of feels good today like i'm just gonna see if it feels right and i'm like yeah like fuck okay. it. I, really like, Chris like, yeah. I really resonated with that actually i was kind of like 
he is a little bit restrictive sometimes. But then I kind of sat back and was like, you know what? They doesn't feel like right. So I'm not going to like, I'm not going to do it. But if, maybe idea. if it does in the future, maybe I'll give it a try. Yeah. But I think he was is right in that like, you know, he, he, it can be restrictive. But I think I'm of the the way that I feel is that like my version of he is whatever I want to make it. Totally. Well, and I think you and I are both kind of like, you can call me he, you can call me she, you can call me they. Cause it's like yeah. gender has never been anything that we've luckily yeah. like struggled with. So it's like being called mm-hmm. whatever. I'm just kind of like, I don't really care. Whereas like people yeah. who go through like gender struggles are like, it's a lot more mm-hmm. personal. And anyway, tell us about your boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> how'd you mean well, well uh, before you before we go there i was gonna say he is kind of like the the standard and then she and they is a compliment to me so that's yeah. what i that's how i look at it <laughs> um da- my boyfriend's name is dave he Hi, and dave. i met on yeah <laughs> we met on tinder actually um <laughs> I love that. No, it gives me hope. It, please, it gives me hope because I'm out here Gee. trying every day. Every Locks day club. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I've What'd seen some, uh, We have to get into that, Aaron. I've seen a little success. Really? I have. Locks club <laughs> is I like, mean, I went, on like, I went on one date from it. So oh my God, like, I love that. Locks club is like a, a Jewish. Oh, you told me about Exclusive. that. Jews with high standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of those. But you like Exclusive. pay for it per month. So like, yeah. People like take it more seriously. I feel at least I tell myself yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, Sorry, I cut you off. Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, we met on Tinder. I don't know if it's like the best. Uh, if I don't know if it like really gives that much hope to people, but we met when we were both living in Boston. But we had like fifty mutual Facebook friends from my hometown. So I was like, he's either like, spent a lot of time in my hometown, or he's like also from there. Turns out we grew up like ten minutes away from each other. Wow. Um, yeah, so he's actually the only person I've ever like gone on a date with from a dating app. Lucky you. And it's so it's so <laughs> interesting because like I know that you two met on Tinder, but like the way that you've always like I've always known you two, it almost feels more like you met through mutual friends because of that. Like it it wasn't like you met a stranger online and you were like, Oh my god, you're cute. It it was like, Oh, yeah. we have mutual connections. It it felt feels like you like met at a party. Yeah. Well, I think part of it, too, is that, like, when we talk about, like, going home, we are, like, both going back to the same place. Like, we're going to, like, we have friends at, like, mutual friends at home that we, like, still will, like, go hang out with that now, like, the two of us will hang out with them together because we're dating. So it's, like, it's, like, a weird, like, we should have connected at some point but never did. And then once we did, it just kind of, like, perfectly fell into place where it doesn't seem like a random connection that just worked out, you know? From like a random part of the country mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Fate works in weird ways. Uh, Do you believe in fate? Were you a big um? Were you a big app user? I know you said he was the first date. Were you like a just freshly on them, or like were you? I I need a little background on that. <laughs> I never really used them. You know, I never really I never used Grinder. I never used uh whatever. I think there. I think a lot of people like in especially when it first started people would use tinder like as a joke like i don't know about you guys like in high school like we would jokingly like sit on tinder and just swipe right for literally Mm -hmm. everybody um so i never use it seriously um honestly i was on the app when i was drunk i'd actually downloaded it drunk 
and the match with him drunk. So like I wasn't tech I wasn't like really on it that much. It's like getting a tattoo. Um, you weren't in your right mind. It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I yeah, I can't really say that I was an app user, to be honest. You know, I think I, I was familiar. Mm-hmm. I never met I I'd never met anybody before from them. Um Yeah, I don't know if that. No, I just think it's no. That's honestly like fate. Then that's like you hear those stories of like, oh, like they never use dating apps. They went on one date, like it's over. And then like, Mm -hmm. then there's the rest of us that are like, yeah, we're trying (laughs) ten apps for ten years, no success. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. No, but I'm happy that that sounds. I want to know more about him. I mean, if you don't mind sharing more, like, yeah. Oh my god, what do you want to know? Well, what's what's his story? I mean, I know you guys were in Boston at the same time. Where is he now? Like, what is mm. what does he do for life? Like, yeah, paths? he lives in Philly. He lives in Philly. He works. Okay. He's he worked remotely even before COVID. So, um, he lives in Philly. I go visit him. He he lives alone, which is nice. So he'll like oh, that's great. He, so he'll like the the whole like two week quarantine thing is like been pretty easy to mm. be honest. Um, because my family's taking things really really seriously and has been the entire time. Um. So we both like trust each other's situations, which is nice. Um, so I got to go down there a bunch, um, visit him. The ho- honestly, the holidays were like the hardest part because he was coming home, and like his family quarantine and whatnot. But we were on like two different, um, like you know, he was with his family, I was with my mm-hmm. family. My sister came home from college. His sister, who also lives in Philly, came to visit. So they like did their thing, and then we had to do like a two week thing or there was Thanksgiving before that, they, they went home and whatever. So it was, it was all very complicated. So that was annoying. But now that he's like back there full time, I get to go down there a decent amount um, and see him. He worked remotely, like I said before, so he's, he can live anywhere. You We're never dated anyone before York. Did you? Oh, that's a technically no. However, I would say that there was an unofficial, unlabeled relationship that was majority romantic for a moment or two. In college? More. Yes. I think that was like the last straw of me with straight guys. I don't know if you want to like take this and put it back into what you're talking about, but basically it was just someone that I became like wicked close with and we were like, I thought oh, yeah. that we were like best friends. However, I had didn't really realize that things kind of progressed a little bit beyond friends. Ugh, I want to like do a full fucking episode them. on this. You should. That's a really good deep dive. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I felt I, I, you know, I ended up realizing it after a little while. And then I don't know if I. <sighs> I don't know how much detail I want to give because yeah. it's like That's okay. a lot because a totally. lot of like our mutual friends are going to like, would be able to figure out who I'm talking about. Um, but basically it ended up being like, you know, someone who I was really, really close friends with. And then we had a moment and then it was kind of similar to like what I'd experienced in the past of like, you know, I don't really want to tell anybody about this. It's not really like what I'm interested in. And I was like, okay, but like <laughs> last night is telling me something different, um, <laughs> you know? And so that was kind of like the final straw. I was like, you know what? I can't, 
put myself in these situations anymore. It really like, you know, and, and there was all, there was like, you know, a year of buildup where we would have been like such good friends and then like culminate in what I thought was going to be like the moment where we like solidify what I had been feeling. And it was just like, uh, you need to take your, I needed to like look myself in the mirror and say, you need explicit understanding of where the other person is standing mm. in terms of like whatever relationship that you're having and like what the nature of the relationship is. And if you don't have that, like you need to not put yourself in a, a situation where you're like feeling very strongly and can get your heart broken. Yeah. I mean, I could, I relate to that as straight, obviously yeah. like just by, yeah, you get your hopes up with people and you're like, no, like we're, we're about to be dating like and they're yeah. they are on a totally different page yeah. so mm-hmm. but you think there's like the mutual yeah. understanding yeah i get mm-hmm. that yeah i'm sorry that you had to go through that though that's really hurtful it's okay it, you know it, it was a learning experience and honestly it like the the timeline set up really well where like that came to a head and like exploded on my end and i like worked myself through it and by the time i was like you know what it's time that i like date someone who's going to be interested or like meet someone who's going to be interested in me in the way that like I need someone to be interested in me. And that's when I met Dave. <laughs> so it all it works was out. Like, the universe honestly, is timing. That's crazy. the universe's is so timing funny. is. Yeah. So he came along at the right time. I don't know. We can talk, we can talk more about that when <laughs> the podcast is over, but that's yeah. Bye. <laughs> Asking that question, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> like my mind wasn't even there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's very true, though. <laughs> that's very very. Wait, true. you weren't even thinking of that because Aaron has been like. No, I literally was not he, thinking he, like, of knows. that. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm happy you're happy, and it sounds like you're in a Thanks. healthy relationship, which is. Uh, he's the best. Great to hear. <laughs> and it sounds like mm-hmm. now for a follow up episode, we'll have to have Dave on eventually. I know we're gonna have to have him on. I would love to listen to that. I lo- I'm obsessed <laughs> with like, you know, when you know, like one end of like a couple, it's like even like watching a vlogger or like anyone on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you like, they introduce you to like their significant other. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this makes so much sense. Like it makes the yeah. whole story come together. I totally know what you mean. You like meet someone and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, you're the one who makes them happy. And you're the yeah. like, oh, you're the other piece of that puzzle. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Matthew, is there any other, are there any other topics you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. I think this episode is long enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can do more deep dives into our psyche, I guess, in the future. Yeah. If that's what you guys, if, if you're listening to this and you enjoyed the last two episodes, let us know if we can yeah. do more uh, therapy sessions for you. <laughs> I enjoyed, but I love when people go deep like that. And I know it's like a lot to like expose yourself. So, I mean, thank you for sharing everything that you shared, like so powerful. And oh my gosh. No, but it, it really is like, it's a lot. I'm an oversharer. So like, I can't relate, but like the people who are not, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the people who like, it could be a lot for someone, especially you guys are putting this out there. Like it's a podcast. It's, it's a lot. So yeah. really proud of you. Thanks. I think it, time really has made it able made me able to share this and be like understand that this there's no shame in any of that that there it's it's all part of who I am and everybody has this has their own version of you know growing um and so I think you know 
if you'd asked me five years to talk about this, it would have sounded very different. And, you know, if you ask me in five years, I'm sure it's going to sound very different. So I think what I shared today, I think, is the product of a lot of growth and self-love and confidence. Because if you ain't loving yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody oh else, my girl? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Miss RuPaul, on a side note, I some I asked someone the question last night, if you could deplatform anybody, but you had to sleep with them in order to do it, who would it be? And I said RuPaul interesting like i couldn't think i was trying to think of like a fox news host that is like mm-hmm. not ugly but that i like can't fucking stand but i couldn't think of anybody and i was and rupaul was like well whatever i don't think i actually would deplatform RuPaul, Tucker Carlson. but that was like the best i could come up with yeah but i would never sleep with him okay <laughs> yeah maybe tommy laren actually i'll say tommy laren Ugh, yeah. the woad. Yeah. I feel like she'd be wild I could in definitely bed. hate Can I say that? I'm going to get like a fucking slander fucking lawsuit slapped against him <laughs> for saying that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I think you're fine. I think she puts yeah. herself out there enough that like... Yeah. I, yeah. I think people have said way worse things about her. <laughs> Probably. Whatever. Brooke, what's the gayest thing you did this week? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you give me examples? <laughs> I have we and forgot to do this as last you will, week. but if you say the if you say the wrong thing it's homophobic of you um you're right <laughs> no i need exa- can you guys go first so that i can get examples <laughs> matt do you have anything gay that you did this week um i mean i watched the new episode of drag race with my dad i love that is he a fan i guess it's like wholesome gay um he's not not a fan but he's more of a like are they still talking about this shit or like why are they talking about this kind of thing he i don't it, it's just not the show for him yeah but like we were eating dinners and i was like this is the one show that i watch so we're gonna deal with this so he recognized um, that a lot of it's really forced <laughs> i guess so yeah <laughs> i think he looks at it as like the spectacle that it is and mm. i'm like you should watch uk but. with him Drag Race UK. Season two is so good so far. (laughs) I've never watched. Are you guys going to roast me? No. Like, is it worth the watch? You should absolutely watch it. It's no, but I am gonna. I am gonna file hate charges claims against you. It's such (laughs) incredible television, and the talent is just wild. Like they do the talent. They do everything. It's a combination of like Project Runway, America's Next Top Model. Mm-hmm. American Idol, but most of them can't really sing. <laughs> Flavor of Love. So you think you can um, dance? <laughs> the real world. Is there a season I should start with if I'm going to watch? A newer one. Four or five. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just not, don't start, for anyone listening, I tell everybody to, who's like wants to start watching it, do not start with season one because you'll watch it and you'll be like, what the fuck is this? Qu-? It looks like it was filmed on like, do you remember like the flip camera? Like it was filmed in like 1776. Yeah. It was like, oh, like they it was signed filmed the declaration like, really? on a potato. And then started season one. <laughs> yeah. Like don't watch. Because if you watch the first season, you, it's so hard to appreciate anything in it. You're just like, this is horrible. Okay. Okay. Um, is it just they had no budget? Like what was the, no budget. the reason? Like lower such? budget than a YouTuber. Lower budget than like oh my, my YouTube videos. It was bad. No, they couldn't have like a friend come with like a random DSLR. Literally, like, I feel like a Canon T three I. All you needed. Yeah. No. <laughs> and it's not like it was like two thousand one or anything. I'm pretty sure the first season was like two thousand nine. Yeah. 
But Logo TV or whatever had no fucking money. <laughs> but but now it's on Prime, right? Yes. Amazon it's Prime? It's on VH1. I mean, you can see, oh, you can, I think you okay. can watch it all on Prime. But yeah, you can watch it back. Um, cool. To... As long as it's on a streaming service I already have, then I'm yeah. down to watch. Yeah. So. <laughs> Aaron, what about you? What's the gayest thing you did this week? Well, I... <laughs> I bought Robin Hood stock. <laughs> not Robin Hood stock. GameStop stock. Um, I was gonna say not Robin really? Hood. You can't. Yeah, yeah. Robin Hood's going down. I know. Robin Hood. <laughs> How much did you make? Oh, I lost money because I panic sold. So don't panic. That's that's the gayest thing I did. I panic sold. It went red, and I went yeah, <laughs> and I sold it. And you should. And that's why gays don't do finance. <laughs> <laughs> that's a generalization some gays do finance but well once they once they like blocked it so nobody could buy anymore in my mind i was like how on earth is it gonna go back up if nobody can buy more stock because i don't really understand the stock market at all so i sold when i should i don't know if anybody does other than the people who are in charge of it day and traders make billions of off like the literal day traders yeah. yeah all right brooke your turn <laughs> it oh can be gosh. anything you guys anything i can think of one thing in particular that i was like i mean this is just more self-obsessive it's not really i would not categorize that sounds pretty gay yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) i was at the gym in my building like i i go every day now i love that um and i was i i was scrolling through my own tiktoks and someone walked in like not just scrolling through like watching each one and like thinking about it and this person like totally saw me doing it so i just feel like i i I mean i honestly am i could be pretty self-obsessive in a lot of ways i listen back to my own podcast i'll even like watch back my old youtube videos from time to time and you know but more for like a self-improvement lens of course Uh but also self-obsessed so i don't know (laughs) like what's wrong with me but like that was my source of enjoyment during my workout was like looking at my own I love that. <laughs> I don't know why, but is that would that constitute as the gayest thing I did this week? I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. And from yes. Yeah. <laughs> from one gay to you, I I give it a stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Although you know what, I give it my buy stamp of approval as well. There you go. <laughs> We're still figuring it out. <laughs> Queer stamp of approval. Well. Yeah. Love this. Thank you, Brooke, so much for helping guest host. You asked a lot of really, really good questions. Oh my gosh, but I thank do, you. It's almost you like did. I have my own podcast. It is almost like you have your own podcast. <laughs> like you've been doing this for, what, three years now? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, you know, I think I kind of know. How to, I don't know. I feel like college prepares you, like, adequately to, like, question things. And you know what I mean? But then once you get in the rhythm, you guys probably, too, are getting used to it now, <laughs> I would assume. You guys are great, though. I think though. so. <laughs> I think I think we are too. I hope so. Practice makes perfect. Um, yeah, I hope it's a rhythm that other people are enjoying. But <laughs> yeah, T. But I do want season two. I do want to have you back on at some point because I was I actually was really excited to talk about college in Georgia versus like college in Boston and like all of that. Mm-hmm. So I think we're gonna have to do a follow up. So yeah. down. I've lived a lot of places at this point. So yeah. very down. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, it. where can everybody who's listening find you? Uh, you could hear the uh, random car alarms because in New York City. <laughs> New York City. <laughs> I don't know if you guys that. can hear that. Wet dreams tomato. Every five seconds, there's a siren car. Yep. Um, I'm at Brooke Michio, Brooke with an E, M-I-C-C-I-O, um, on everything, pretty much Instagram, YouTube, 
Twitter, um, and then my podcast TikTok. is TikTok. TikTok, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Law school content coming <laughs> <Yeah>. soon. <laughs> no, I wish. Um, <laughs> sometimes. Um, and then my podcast is called Gals on the Go Podcast um, with my friend Danielle, and we post new episodes every Wednesday. Love it. Woo! This was so fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. Oh my God, thank you for being here. Thank you for grilling me. It was <laughs> kind of lovely. <laughs> I learned a lot about Maybe you. I feel I like we like we passed all of the like surface level stuff and just like dove right in. Yeah. 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 You like you like know me better than my parents do. Shit. Oh <laughs> I love it though. Hey guys, thanks for checking out this week's episode of Queer in the Air. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Aaron. We would absolutely love for you to take the time to write a review of our podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps us out. And please remember to subscribe on whatever platform that you're listening on. If you want to keep up with us or keep us in check, you can find us on our social media. You can find me at Maddie Roar. You can find me everywhere, Aaron Idelson. And you can follow our podcast on Instagram at Queering the Air Pod. If you'd like to reach us by email, you can find us at QueeringTheAirPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you so much to all of our guests and listeners. We appreciate you all lots. New episodes of Queering the Air are released every single Tuesday. Our podcast music is All For Me by Swift, provided from Epidemic Sound. All views expressed on the podcast are our own. As always, if you want to keep us in check or continue the conversation, feel free to DM us on our social media or email us. Bye.